I haven't had a proper relationship since I've had the words to describe what is wrong with me and, and why I am the way I am. I've been diagnosed with ADHD and PMDD and both of those things cause me to be a pretty shit person sometimes. And now I can say to people, this is part of my ADHD. This is what's caused it. I have so much more language for it now and so much more insight into why I am the way I am and, and, and what I can do to try to change that. Hi, Hurt to Healing listeners, and welcome back to season four with me, Pandora Morris. I can't believe it's been nearly a year since I started having these incredibly raw and honest conversations with wonderful guests from all walks of life about their own invisible mental health struggles. Those of you that have been here since the start will know that I myself have struggled with mental health for many years, and it was only recently that I started to see some glimmers of light. As part of my own recovery, I've made it my mission to start this podcast to create a safe space where I could try and help some of you on your own healing journeys. This season is full of more fantastic conversations, and I hope that hearing these will provide a bit of solace and comfort for some of you. In this captivating episode, we are joined by La La Let Me Explain, the host of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You podcast. Lala Let Me Explain opens up about her journey as a single parent of a child with ADHD, shedding light on the intricate dance of organizing two lives with unique needs. She courageously shares the challenges of living with ADHD, providing a raw and honest look at how this condition can profoundly impact relationships and daily tasks. As she delves into the multifaceted nature of ADHD, Lala Let Me Explain explores topics such as compulsive behavior and the systemic inadequacies within our education system when it comes to accommodating individuals with ADHD. Throughout the episode, Lala Let Me Explain offers a unique perspective on why life never becomes dull when living with ADHD. Her experiences and insights reveal the vibrant tapestry of emotions and experiences that come with the condition, proving that life's vividness knows no bounds. She also discusses her personal journey of navigating relationships while being a single parent with ADHD, providing a glimpse into the delicate balance of love, parenthood and self-discovery. Join us in this illuminating conversation as Lala Let Me Explain shares her unfiltered experiences, fostering understanding and empathy for those living with ADHD and the extraordinary journeys that they embark on. Will you start about telling us about life with ADHD and what ADHD is? I can't give you any kind of decent medical description of what ADHD is because I can never focus on anything long enough to understand it, to be honest. <laughs> I know that it's got a lot to do with your neurotransmitting receptors, something to do with dopamine. We basically have brains and I think you can scan the ADHD brain and see that it works differently to a neurotypical brain. And it's something about the way that we process dopamine or receive dopamine or whatever. It's just not the same. So we're constantly chasing it. That's pretty much what I understand about ADHD. And I probably should know more because both me and my son have it. But on a medical term, I don't know much. I just know how much it has been a disability for both me and my son. So now that I have the knowledge that I have ADHD, I can explain to people this kind of chaotic sense of like, you know, you saying to me, 
you know, how long have you had ADHD? Tell us about your ADHD or whatever. I can't even tell you when I was diagnosed because I just don't actually know. I wouldn't even be able to access that information for you without going through like the sent folder in my emails to and then writing ADHD to see if somebody, like I don't even know where my diagnosis is written down, you know. It's chaos and that is part of my ADHD it is is just chaos I don't know when I was diagnosed I would struggle to tell you where I was diagnosed everything is in my brain chaos and to me that is ADHD on a daily basis then how does it affect your life so for example take us through a typical day so today what how has the ADHD intruded into your life what I find especially difficult is is I'm a single parent and I am a single parent of a child with ADHD He's now at secondary school and I have to organise both our lives. And I think the, one of the biggest ways that ADHD affects me is that I find it very difficult to organise myself. So, for example, every evening I try to have everything in place, like that my son's got an outfit ready for the next day, that he's got his lanyard and his bag's got all the right things, has he got PE or whatever. And I really try the night before for that to be done for him and then for me to like be planned for anything that I have for the next day. But then in the morning, things become quite chaotic. You know, my son will have emptied the bag out the night before without me realising. He would have put on a jumper from the outfit that he was going to wear or he would have just dashed that in the washing machine for no apparent reason, you know. So then if that little plan kind of goes awry then I get very stressed, I get very upset. Like if I've tried really hard to be on time or whatever and then that plan kind of goes to shit basically, then that is just going to send my whole day into like a spiral of things. For example, last week before I went to record my podcast, I received a letter from my insurance company. I got this new car insurance and I had to download their app or something and I had downloaded their app but it was on a different phone and I changed phones and whatever and I got this letter and it just said we've cancelled your car insurance because you haven't downloaded our app and I feel like maybe a normal person would just be like okay like let me just phone them but instead I am filled with it's like a visceral feeling it is just this intense shutdown complete overwhelmment like I see that and I start to call them and then I'm on hold for 15 minutes and just this feeling of paralysis takes over and I become very hysterical and very distressed and very upset and I can't, you know, by the time somebody answers on the end of the phone, I'm like, I can't even describe. And, you know, they're thinking, what the fuck? Come on, woman, you've just received a letter. And I'm like speaking as I'm about to announce the death of a beloved partner or something. But that is a real typical way in which ADHD can affect me and then throw me out. So it's, it's things like that that really affect me and things like that happen throughout my day. And it is often like emails or letters or whatever that just fill me with this paralysis feeling. And then I can't do anything else. Mm, and I so it resonates so much with me that because I think I think there is a lot of crossover actually with OCD and ADHD and the more people I speak to and I'm so privileged to speak to people like yourself who 
who suffer from ADHD, it, it makes me realize, I mean, I'm the same. If I something goes awry in my like, daily schedule, I mean, for me, exercise is a massive anchor. And if that gets taken away, suddenly I feel I'm at sea. Like, I'm completely discombobulated. Everything else like falls to shit. My mood like plummets off a cliff. I feel like, oh my God, I can't do anything. Everything's just sort of this massive gray blur. And like you, I then find myself getting absolutely fixated on things if things don't go according to plan. And at the moment, I was planning this trip and I'm very lucky I was going to go and rent somewhere in Africa and like go and base myself there and like do the podcast there for a few weeks in the winter and I mean I promise you it sent me into a complete spiral like I can't focus on anything else and like you know getting all these like different options and I think choice for me is certainly something I really struggle with and I don't know whether that's something that you find when you're presented with all these sort of options and someone says right you've got to pick one if that's like that decision making it's sends you into a bit of a spin I find that really difficult I want people to tell me what to do and instruct me and guide me and it's really interesting what you just said there about the planning the trip something that I didn't realize was actually really common with ADHD and something I've experienced my whole life is that I hate going on holiday. I'm not at all excited in any way about holidays. When I see people talking about, I really need a holiday, I'm like, "Mm, I kind of don't because the lead up to a holiday is so anxiety provoking and stressful for me that there's almost no point. And I'm fine when I get there. Absolutely fine. I'm like (laughs) loving life. Like, give me a pina colada. Let me chill. I never want to come home. But the lead up to it is the paralysis thing hits again because there's so much to think about and so much anxiety around. But if I leave that behind and all this stuff that you have to tie up to be ready to go away, oh, oh, even thinking about it makes me feel ill. I got just unbearable. I know, I'm the same. And it's taking those risks and knowing to fast forward that, okay, when I get there, I'll be fine. It's just this horrid, like sticky sort of prelude and the build up that's just... Well, I think the thing about ADHD is that your life never becomes bland because, I mean, that's the thing about me is that I'm constantly chasing dopamine. I am constantly chasing the next bit of excitement. But as long as that excitement is within like five miles of my house, then that's fine. So will you tell me about relationships and how you've navigated being able to have a relationship? Because you speak on your podcast quite a lot about, you know, love and relationships and and being a mum. And how's that been whilst having ADHD? Well, I mean, I've had ADHD my entire life and I'm certain it's affected my relationships. I, I don't know how really because I guess, I mean, I haven't been in a relationship for a really long time. Uh, not a proper relationship, not someone who I would term as my actual partner. I've had things that have lasted a few months or, you know, whatever, half a year. I think that's probably attributable to ADHD in some way. I had a long-term relationship with my son's dad many years ago. And the relationship, the long-term relationship for, I think I was with him for four years before that, was with someone who was a criminal. My son's dad was like the antidote to him. He was just a completely normal man who'd had a really normal background, a really normal, stable upbringing. And he was just normal. And he just went to work nine to five. And it was like, I needed that. I needed that. I needed that stability. But again, we were young. We were in our early 20s. And we created this kind of relationship where all our friends came together. You know, we lived together. And our house was like the house where everyone would come for drinks after work. And, you know, so we always just had fun. And that is like always been a really central 
part of a relationship to me, somebody that is going to constantly give me that dopamine and, and make sure that I'm not bored. And it's almost like you're expecting a proposal within two weeks and if it's not, then it's not right. And... Well, and if they did, I'd tell them to fuck off because I'd be really scared of them. It's called limerence, which is very heavily associated with ADHD, which is just like you like something, you get hooked on it and you want that dopamine hit, you want that release. But you can also, you know, you get kind of hyper fixated on people and then you have that impulsive and compulsive need for more and more and more. But then you also have the ability to, when the hyper focus wears off, when there's no more dopamine coming from that person or that song or that piece of food that you've become obsessed with, there is that high chance that you're like, don't want to see it ever again. Yeah, Yeah, you get the ick and it's just, that's it. Yeah. Hurt to Healing has partnered with Brown Advisory to bring you this podcast. Brown Advisory, a global investment management firm, is passionate about raising awareness of mental health challenges in order to help people thrive in an ever-changing world. A big thank you to Brown Advisory for supporting my mission. Do you think that it takes a certain character to be able to be in a relationship with someone with ADHD? I mean, would you say now if you're dating, you'd look for a particular type of person and that person would be compatible with you? I mean, is it the antidote to someone with ADHD? Is it that stable rock? Or as you say, does your ADHD crave the excitement and the sort of like, oh my God, the unpredictability of having someone who's a drug dealer or who's doing like incredible, who's in film or who's, Mm. I don't know, famous or... You know, I was thinking the other day, actually, I, I went on a few dates with a guy who had ADHD and it felt like his ADHD was really similar to mine. And I really liked that because it felt like he really just got me. I can't remember what it was. There was just, there was something that I did or something he did. And we both sort of went like, ah, like, I told, that's ADHD. But I really liked that. I, and I thought, well, maybe I need to start like trying to go out with men specifically who have ADHD because they'll just get it. But I don't know whether that would be a huge clash. I don't know whether you'd have two people who are just so fucking disorganised and chaotic and all over the place that it would be difficult. I don't think I've ever had a relationship with somebody who's had ADHD or certainly not that they've told me that they have ADHD. But yeah, I think going for somebody with ADHD would really help me. I don't think I'm looking for somebody with like very like strong, stable vibes. I'd like them to be mentally stable and have a house and not be homeless or whatever. But, you know... I like someone who is sort of free and and still wants some excitement. Oh, yeah, for sure. And spontaneous. I know, because I think cause sometimes people say to me, well, you know, opposites attract. And I'm like, right, so I'm basically either going to have to be with like a complete party animal and someone who's getting sort of wasted every weekend and who doesn't really want any commitment and who doesn't, because well, I'm very routine, quite rigid, like sort of oriented. And it's interesting because I think there's a fine line, isn't there? There's someone who understands you and has that empathy and who can kind of see into your mind and really go, I don't know, understand the nuances and the inner workings of it because I think there's something so refreshing in that, as you said, when that guy actually understand understood your ADHD and he just got that tiny nuance that someone mm. else would just completely discard as being maybe a bit weird. Yeah, um, it's, it's so refreshing, but then I think, God, if I went for someone who... Yeah, had ADHD or OCD or mental health issues. I'm, I'm not sure. Like the two of us would kind of <laughs> descend into yeah. complete chaos. Yeah, it's true. Like maybe you know there is something about having the one sort of. I, I hate the word normal, 
but but I, I, do, I do class myself as relatively abnormal, you know, and I'm all right with that. I, like I own that. I'm yeah. quite proud to be pretty abnormal. You know, I haven't had a proper relationship since I've had the words to describe what is wrong with me and, and why I am the way I am. I've been diagnosed with ADHD and PMDD and both of those things cause me to be a pretty shit person sometimes or treat other people in quite a shit way sometimes. And now I can say to people, this is part of my ADHD. This is what's caused it. And now I can see a pattern. And actually now I can recognise triggers and, and and what is likely to, you know, I have so much more language for it now and so much more insight into why I am the way I am and, and, and what I can do to try to change that. And I haven't had the chance to practice yet, you know, because I've been single since I mean I was diagnosed this year. And actually, I really want that opportunity to practice, to date somebody and to be in those situations where I can anticipate actually this part of my cycle is coming and this is how I'm going to behave at that time. And if, if you're in the firing line, I'm so fucking sorry, you know, or like my ADHD makes me do this when someone does this. So I can give you a bit of a heads up about how I might be. I really, really want to practice that mm. now that I have the words. And I, and actually, I do think it's been a, a negative impact on my relationship, or on previous relationships that I just haven't known. And I've just been like yeah well this is fucking me yeah I don't know if you find this as well I'm such an empath that when I'm around other people all the time I mean I just become consumed by their feelings and Mm. their sensitivities and I'm suddenly trying to manage all of their crap and then I sort of lose my sense of self in the process and then I have this immense guilt if they're sad or they're anxious or they're angry and I'm suddenly carrying like four different people's emotions and working in an office was just a nightmare because every time someone came in and was a bit surly or lost their temper I would just be sitting there being like oh my god I'm an awful person what have I done oh my god I'm so yeah I'm just absolutely that's rejection sensitivity dysphoria isn't it yeah and it's the same with living with people like I mean I I admire you so much being a mum because again like I think that's the most incredible thing to be able to do while you're managing a mental health issue and I'm loath to using the term mental health issue, but when you have a condition that is, Mm. you know, it affects your life in a number of ways. And I think to be able to bring up a child whilst also trying to look after yourself, and as you say, you don't have it completely nailed, like you don't have to have it completely nailed, but I think it is a phenomenal act, the fact that you've even managed to be a mum and got a kid to secondary school level. I mean, I mean, I can't keep a plant alive, honestly, for more than about a day. So, you know, sometimes I think that's remarkable. It is. And in many ways, I've done a really great job. Like, I look at him and I'm really proud of him. Uh, He's got such a beautiful soul. He's such a lovely boy. And in many ways, I think I've done a really good job. He knows he's really loved. He knows he's really safe. He knows he's really protected. He knows he can talk to me about anything. He's had a great education on on lots of things you know outside of you know academic education and he's had a fun life and a great life but also I feel guilty in many ways about even becoming a mum and I wish that I had understood that I had PMDD and ADHD because I think if I'd realized that everyone wasn't just like this then I would have had a bit more of an insight into the fact that actually as I said before, I I really struggle with life. I really struggle with organising myself. I really struggle with basic day-to-day tasks. I don't have a lot of patience. You know, there's been times where I haven't signed something so he couldn't go on a school trip and that's because I just totally forgot to do it, you know. So there are times when I think, 
he would have had a much better time if I wasn't his mum. I do feel like maybe I think for children with parents with disorders that affect them on a day-to-day basis, you know. I'm sure that if you spoke to adults, they'd say, I wouldn't swap my mum for anything in the world. But I think that they would probably also say, yeah, that shit was hard sometimes. Yeah, but I think the fact that you're open about it and you have a dialogue about it and he's aware that mum has ADHD, I think the fact that you've actually opened up about it, I would have thought would be a huge, huge help and actually in understanding the way that mum's brain works and actually this it's like with a partner right if you can have that open dialogue and say look these things might not get signed I need to lay out your clothes the night before for school because otherwise it sends me into a spin we need to have breakfast at this time I need to you know it's just laying out the rules and the parameters of what you can and can't do and I think as humans and being whether it's a parental relationship a romantic relationship a friendship it's it's so much easier to navigate when you know what those those ground house rules are. Yeah, so much easier. But what I worry about is what I will be showing him is acceptable in his future relationships with women. You know, we've got this thing now where it, it, he'll sometimes say to me, PMDD time, and I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, because it's, when my PMDD hits, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder... And it's just like PMS on steroids, basically very common with women with ADHD. So when I'm in my ovulation phase, I'm like the best version of myself. Uh, And I'm a really good, really good mum. I'm fun. I'm loving. I want to be with him all the time. I've got my shit together. And then I think it's estrogen levels drop, progesterone levels rise, and you go into a luteal phase. And that shift in hormones has such a huge effect on me. But I assume if he's got a bit of an education and understanding of it, again, similarly to the ADHD, I can't help but think it makes him a, like a better human being. Because, I mean, I just, yes, okay, it must be really tough and it must be hard when mum goes off on, you know, her rants and things. But it's like, okay... I understand she's ill, she owns her illness, she like has this PMDD, she has ADHD, and I, I manage it too. And I just can't help but fast forward. I mean, obviously, I think he probably, and I'm sure he does, you know, you've got grandparents, you've alluded to your parents yeah. playing quite a role. Like, you know, maybe if he has support at school, he can talk to teachers and things. And when it's really bad, he has people who he can just go to who offer that stability. Yeah. And who he can... You know, yeah, and and I'm sure you do make sure that he has that. Yes, he does have that, and it's never got that bad that I think where he's actually. I mean, we have had times where we've both been really at each other, and that is part of the problem with having two ADHDs because we both become emotionally dysregulated. And the thing is, I know what to do when he's emotionally dysregulated. I know what to do when I'm sitting here now. If you were to tell me. My son gets emotionally dysregulated. My son, it's particularly when he doesn't get what he what he wants. If he gets it into his head, I'm going here, I'm going to go fishing now, or I'm going to go on a bike ride, and I say no because we're doing X, Y, Z, that is the catalyst for... Because he's, he's decided that's what he's doing, and his brain cannot cope with the idea that that's not what we're going to do now. And then he'll become emotionally dysregulated, and I know the best thing for me to do is either distract, so start like being silly or whatever, or calm him down, make another plan, let him know when we're going to be able to do the thing that he wants to do, bring him down from the emotional dysregulation, let him have his like minute of madness or whatever. 
And if he's done something within that, like very, very bad, like sworn at me or or tried to hit me or something, then we'll deal with the punishment after. You know, when everything's calm, I say, listen, it's unacceptable for you to hit me. I'm going to take your phone or we can't go here. But definitely having the words and the labels has helped me so much because I've been able to explain to my mum and to his dad to say, like, I get myself now and I can also now predict when these terrible times are happening and my luteal phase is going to hit here at this point in the month. So could you have him this weekend? And that has made such a difference just to be able to say to people, I'm PMDDing really bad right now. Can you take him? That's our solution at the moment. But it's a shit solution. Like, you know, it's a shit solution. I want a solution where he can just live in a peaceful home in harmony, you know. But that's not me. Yeah, but and don't beat yourself up about that because I'm sure you bring so much colour and joy to his life in many different ways and no one can be perfect. Yeah. No human is perfect. I mean, every household, regardless of whether there's mental health issues going on in the background or not there's always stuff you know divorce I mean when you think of what kids go through I mean Mm. honestly I think you can be so harsh and judgmental on yourself and actually the fact that you're open about it as you said you're getting the language you've got the insights you've got the awareness I think it's the most incredible exposure and education that you can give a child I mean yeah growing up isn't easy being a parent isn't easy there's no manual there's no guidebook I mean I went through a process with my mom of having to let go of a lot of anger and a lot of disappointment with the way that I was never going to have the mother I I longed to have for Mm. you know over 25 years and then just slowly accepting that and still having to accept it on a daily basis but it doesn't mean I can't love her and I can't appreciate what she does give me in different ways Mm. and I think actually that's something that comes with maturity and as when you're in your teenage years it's kind of sometimes hard to recognize but we all have our our faults when none of none of us are perfect and I think actually you sometimes have to say actually you you're so great on so many levels that you've just got to take the ship really as well yeah it's life isn't it it is life I'm curious about your daily sort of management practices yourself do you have therapy do you take medication what do you do to help your ADHD and your PMDD sort of very little Lion's Mane is really helping me. I'm also taking these supplements that have got like B vitamins, Lion's Mane and caffeine in them. They're called Outsmart. I feel like they're helping me. Uh, Magnesium I'm taking as well, which I think is helping. Exercising every single day is really, really important to me. Just I think for the dopamine and the endorphins really helps with my PMDD as well. But that's about it, really. I have therapy. I do. I do have therapy. And yeah, I mean, that's literally about it. I don't do that much. to. Oh, I've got a support worker now as well. People with ADHD need to know. I have a support worker that's only started this week. And I applied through the Access to Work government grant. I think it's called Access to Work. Uh, It was just, I just went on the government website and I put ADHD support work and I found a form, filled it in. I don't know the rules around who is eligible and who is not, but I think it's people who have been diagnosed with not just ADHD, any type of disorder that affects their work or their day-to-day lives. Um, Because I'm self-employed and I'm trying to run a business, but again, ADHD makes... I mean, my business, if I died tomorrow, nobody would have a clue where anything was. Nobody would know how much I earn. I mean, my accountant would because he's got that information. I don't have oversight 
of any part of my life. If somebody emails me at the wrong time about something really important and I'm in a mode of like, I can't do that, right? If I'm just gone into paralysis, executive dysfunction, then I just can't do it. Everything gets fucked up. I pay more for things because I haven't paid attention to it so all of that side of my life is completely chaotic and they have given me a grant well they don't give you the grant they pay directly for you to have a support worker so we've just started this week and she is really helping I mean just yesterday just having her around I got all these things done that were just really simple things that I needed to do just press a button on an email but that had been hanging over me since like April I hadn't even told the DVLA that I'd moved, like, but and I knew I needed to, but it was this sickness. And we, we just came in yesterday, just sent off my logbook. Like, you, you know, it's really simple stuff. But yeah, so the, the support worker is really... And I, I think if I get that part of my life tied up, like the disorganisation, get folders going on, on my computer, that might then free me up to be a better mum and a better better at my job and just better because I haven't got this constant anxiety about all these things I'm, I'm fucking up and not doing. So I think the support worker is a big, a big thing for me. That's such an interesting and helpful insight. And I think a lot of listeners won't know about that too. I certainly didn't know about it. And again, I, I struggle with those mundane tasks, which do tend to just mount up and then suddenly you just feel this sense of overwhelm and you just chaos. You would probably chaos. be eligible. You'd probably be eligible. And I was able to pick someone who was close to me. Because obviously for me, I need somebody who I can really trust. I can't just have any random, I'm bloody anonymous. And so I was able to pick somebody who's really close to me and, and she's getting paid like 20 quid an hour just to do these things that are just impossible for me to do but that cause such anxiety so yeah I think a lot of your listeners should inquire about that and Lala what piece of advice would you leave with I think particularly for mums who are trying to navigate that sea of, of having ADHD and, and looking after themselves as well as well as looking after a kid or children what would you say has been the most helpful thing that anyone's ever told you well, I guess just people just saying exactly like you have several times today, you know, forgive yourself. Don't beat yourself up about these things at all. And pat yourself on the back for the fact that you are fucking remarkable. Like it is so difficult. And only people with ADHD or, or you know, a lot of these things will, will understand how hard it is just to get through your day to day life. The fact that you have done it for yourself and a little human is is remarkable and it is amazing. And, and even if you fuck up, it really is OK. You will get through. Just try and save a little bit for your kids therapy in the future because they're probably going to need it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, we'll finish there. But Lala, it's such a joy to have you. And I'm just so privileged to have met you in person. And thank you so much for taking the time to come today. Oh, ditto. Thank you. It's been absolutely wonderful. I really like you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hurt to Healing podcast. I'd love for you to subscribe to the show or to follow me on our Hurt to Healing Instagram at Hurt to Healing Pod. You might also have a friend or family member that you think might benefit from hearing this conversation. So please spread the word. Mm -hmm.